Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football. For those that thought... We met our demise. Some great reports were greatly exaggerated. Okay, Mark Twain. Is that the right? Did I use that right? Uh, I don't think it was an exact quote, but it was paraphrasing. Close okay. I met Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Those dulcet tones you hear sitting across from me are the voice of beat writer Scott Ritchie, who's. Is that a canary yellow shirt you're wearing today, Rockin'? Do Just you have the matching Air Force Ones as well? With I do. Okay. Should I say it's Michigan yellow? Ooh, that's, I don't know if that's it's, maze. It's, it's it's pretty close. I think. Okay, all right. I come in many colors. <laughs> this is just yellow happens to be today. Well, we're back for our very erratically scheduled podcast that we have not recorded since I believe April, early April. Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll just I'll just put that out there. But here we are. There we are. Mid May, episode forty-seven. Three weeks after spring ball ended, couple Has weeks. It been three weeks. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, because I was, yeah. Oh boy, Scott <laughs> went on a vacation. And I, I was away for a couple days. Okay, fair enough. Got some vacation coming up this summer, just like Brett Bielma and his staff do too. At some point, I summer, assume. Yeah, I summer, think football coaches can actually get away during the summer. Basketball coaches, at this point, you know, take vacation at their own peril. As, you know, might lose a transfer to the portal, might get a guy. Yeah, thanks, NIL. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I With NIL, like, it's happening in football, obviously. I mean, just ask Texas A&M, or don't. Jimbo Fisher gets a little perturbed when you ask him about NIL. Uh, but I don't. I feel like it's not as been maybe publicly as sort of discussed as basketball. Um, probably, you know, Isaiah, there's no Isaiah Wong. Right now for college football. Well, there hasn't been that direct transaction that happened when Nigel Pack transferred from Kansas State and it was announced he was going for two years for $800,000. And he got a car, too. Yeah, just just straight free agency. I think point. I think in the future that just needs to be, again, this probably won't happen. It just needs to be more transparent. You know, hey, I'm signing a deal with company X for you know $5,000 a month. Yeah, and also, I mean, that's really not the way this was intended to work. Um, Shocking that the NCAA that did nothing on this topic is now trying to backtrack 11 months after. Yeah, they probably should have taken interest in this uh, a year ago. At least. Um, But yeah, you know, football, I think its off-season is a little calmer. I don't know, it seems that way. Fair enough. I mean, if you ask Brett Bielma, he might disagree. Now you've just jinxed it by saying that, Scotty. Well, I'm sure Bob Osmerson can <laughs> handle everything that you know, comes his way. Uh, no, it, I think Illinois is, for the most part, probably pretty much done in terms of you know, roster construction for the 2022 season. I say mostly because you never know. I mean, they you know, added Alec Bryant um, 
essentially during training camp mm-hmm. you know, a year ago. Of course, he wasn't eligible to play, didn't get in the portal soon enough. But you know, things like that are bound to happen. Um, but, you know, three weeks post-spring ball things seem currently, knock on wood, crush fingers, whatever, fairly stable. Speaking of training camp, Scott, it has been hot in Champaign all week here. Uh, we're talking low 90s. Scott's been monitoring the weather almost as much as he's been he's been monitoring the transfer portal. I just I like to you know just be aware. So that 93 on Wednesday, a record high in Champaign. Sunny. Uh, the the spring of cent- East Central Illinois lasted approximately two and a half days, and now we're into full blown summer. Yeah, it, and I feel it, like I need to be at Camp Rain Tool right now. Well, that'll never happen ever, 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 ever again. Would be my guess. Um, but it's training camp. Don't weather. tell the folks in Rain Tool about that. Hope they're not listening right now. I think they know. All right. Like that ship has sailed and then is never coming back. I will say this. I know we've, we're just going di- to diverge into a bunch of different topics today as we recapture our podcast mojo. But having covered, I think I covered three, the last three camp rain tools, it was a grind. It was cumbersome at times. It was hot. But... You got to know the team. You got to know the players. You got to know the coaches. You got to know what was going to... You kind of had an idea of what to expect before the season starts. And now we're just in the super secret double probation mode of... Yeah, I mean... And for a couple seasons, you know, Lovey Smith, you know, before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. kind of put a crimp in things, but training camp wasn't in Rantoul, but it was still open. Fair enough. Um... Speaking of ships that have sailed, I don't know that I'll... Like, and I'm not... I mean, I guess I would drive to Rantoul for, to watch 15 There's minutes. There's different ways to get to Rantoul. That was part of the fun, too. Yeah, just to watch 15 minutes of stretching and then, like, come back in two hours and you can talk to somebody. I, I do that because it's my job. I wouldn't be thrilled about it. Um, but, yeah, it's... I doubt we'll get much more access to training camp than we did a year ago, which was uh, none. Uh, but... Maybe maybe that'll change. I doubt it because there's you know they can throw the well Barry Lunny he's new and we don't want Wyoming to know what we're doing offensively. Is that bad? I think we've had this debate before, Scott, but I'll bring it up again. Is that bad for college athletics at all with the the lack of openness around programs and the the way they they can filter their own message these days through social media? I think. I mean, I'll say yes because I'd like more mm-hmm. access. And I think in terms of, like, for our job, like, we're not just showing up in these little brief moments. And I think, you know, maybe you know, the athletes, if they were around us more, would be more comfortable and they'd be willing to tell their stories, and, which they are mm-hmm. for the most part. But it would you know, be easier on everybody. But what it does do, this sort of closed off, limited access, uh, any type of rumor that's has you know roots in you know twitter or message board just spirals out of control because there's not you know uh, anything to stop it mm-hmm. um so that's always fun but i don't i don't know that you can put that toothpaste back in the tube i think controlling the message is going to be you know the the way forward and you know brett bielma likes to be in control of you know, how Illinois football is viewed. 
Spring ball, though, you did get to see them scrimmage at Memorial Stadium three weeks ago. Illinois won. Tough not to. Uh, I, 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 if Illinois 58. had not won, then I would have. Oh, boy. <laughs> Could be a rough season. 58-40 was the jinkity final score okay, of the spring I mean, game. Yeah, spring football. It's when the points are made up and the score doesn't matter. Because like, there was like a field goal kicking competition that generated points for both sides. Um, like the second string, their touchdowns were worth more. Although I don't remember if they scored any. I think they scored one maybe. But like, it's you can say that there's a final score, but there's... Who knows? Here's a, here's a bigger, big picture question too. As we you know try to solve college football's problems, are spring games even necessary anymore? I get spring practice. I get all that installing a new offense. You know, figuring out your depth charts, things like that. But you pretty much have a solid idea of who your starters are going to be. There may be a guy or two that emerges during spring ball and kind of takes hold of a position that you're not real sure of but spring games as a whole it was a decent crowd at memorial stadium you know, best maybe i've probably seen for a spring five game, six thousand which, i mean again it's not saying much but it was free you only sat on uh, the west side of the stadium yeah. but but it was on tv and the, uh, if brebbion's gonna get a chance enough. to put his team on you know not semi-national i mean big to network is pretty far to reach but like, he'll take it like that'll, okay. and other Big Ten teams have their spring games on. No, I get it. It's just like the whole concept of a spring game to me just kind of seems a little antiquated. I mean, you don't want to see. You're not going to see anything. They're not going to show off. Hey, here's this goal line package I'm going to use in week two. Yeah, like I mean, a year ago we didn't see the barge. Exactly, and the biggest fear. <laughs> The biggest fear for any coach and fan, too, is to see one of your top players go down for a freak injury. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like, Chase Brown played a lot more than I thought he would. I figured he'd get, like, two carries and be like, Chase, it's been <laughs> nice, but go, go sit on the bench. In bubble wrap. Exactly. Yeah, your, your night is complete. Um, I don't know. Or, or is it one just of those things they've always done I think they're always going to keep doing. When did spring games become a thing? That needs to be a story. You need to. Dive into Scott Ritchie. Bob, you need to dive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a summer story for Bob. Uh, I mean, it, it's fine. I, I get the again. I totally understand spring practice. It's just the spring game. Like it's just it's not a one. It's not a game. It's a no, glorified I mean, it's, scrimmage. It maybe it, it generates a little excitement. Like get a, the fans get a chance to see it. Um, whatever it was. I mean, Chase Brown looked good. Okay, like. If I came out of the spring game, pretty much thinking the same things I was thinking before it started. It was like, running back? Yeah, they're going to be pretty solid. Everybody else? Yeah, I don't know. Biggest question, though, biggest storyline for Illinois entering the 22 season is, to me, position-wise, is the quarterback. Yeah, and there was it's delayed because, you know, I think come training camp, which, again, we'll get to see, eh, I don't know, hopefully something, but, like, that's where the real quarterback competition will happen because Sarsikowski couldn't. I mean, he was throwing, like, after practice, just sort of his continued you know, recovery from off-season shoulder surgery, but he wasn't, he didn't take any meaningful snaps mm -hmm. during spring practice, and I think he's still in the mix with Tommy DeVito, you know, for that 
QB1 role. And I don't know that Tommy DeVito did enough in the spring. Again, didn't see a ton. And obviously he had big numbers in the spring game, but like Brandon Peters did you know, a year prior, they don't mean anything. Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Brandon Peters now. For the moment. Um, so I, it's still, I think, uh, a TBD, you know, and when it comes to, again, a depth chart like we're never, ever going to see. But that has not been decided even, you know, after, you know, Tommy DeVito got basically all of the, the opportunities in, in the spring. So what were your big takeaways from seeing Tommy DeVito live in person going up against seconds? Did they go? It's against the second string Second defense. string defense. What, 16 to 20, uh, 270 yards or something? 240? Yeah. A couple touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, if. It's hard to do even against air. There were other people trying to. Yeah, sure. Their, um, one, I mean, there was a concerted effort to get Isaiah Williams the ball, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. He's you know one of their best offensive weapons and probably wasn't utilized enough uh, a year ago. Uh, but like, you can't look at the spring game numbers and be like, oh man, this is they've got to figure it out because you know covering Isaiah Williams for you know, two, I think both of his touchdowns, and so the, what would have been two of his probably three or four biggest catches was a converted wide receiver walk-on that had just become a defensive back, I think maybe like the day before. Um, no offense to Peyton Vining, but like no one in that situation was mm-hmm. going to be like, hey, okay, go cover Isaiah Williams all night. <laughs> I'd be like, man, can I go back to wide receiver? <laughs> just take one for the team, Peyton. Yeah, and it's just, so I, you can't read much on that, but I think just the, the number of targets that Isaiah Williams got was maybe noticeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they kept, Chase Brown and Josh McCray, a lot of carries. Like, okay, those guys are going to get the ball a lot. I, think, I mean, the real question mark, and this is across like almost every position group except for maybe running back, is like that the first team. Mm-hmm. There's some potential there. Depth is just not not there. Yeah, at, I feel like across we're the board. I feel like we're rehashing topics that were discussed. A year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four, five, six, seven. The well, depth has always been an issue for Illinois, at least in this this current ten, eleven year run. Of yeah, well, and that's why they've been at the bottom of the mm-hmm. Big Ten for most of that run. And I maybe Rob Bielma can can solve that. You know? And certainly from a numbers perspective, like offensive line, like they added what, six, seven guys in this income class when you count freshmen and trans and transfers and JUCO guys. And so. Um, so they're trying to beef it up, mm-hmm. literally. Uh, but I mean, it's still. Do you do you that's see a question? This? That's like, I, I mean, that's future Brett's problem, and and it's also kind of present Brett's problem. Do you see this offense in twenty twenty two? In a sense, I know it's going to look different because they got a new coordinator in Barry Lenny Jr. and Tony Peterson is now forty five minutes away at Illinois State as the Redbirds' offensive coordinator. But do you see? a similar philosophy coming from Bielema in the sense that I felt like last year at times Illinois just did what they had to do to kind of manage the clock, muck the game up a bit, control time of possession, 
get enough points and then let Ryan Walters' revamp defense kind of win the game for them. Do you see kind of a similar approach going into 2022? Or is it just going to be, hey, Tommy DeVito, Chase Brown, let's go make some plays? Yeah, well, I mean, Elmo's certainly not going to like sling it around 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Chase Brown and Josh McCray, and they're going to use them. They're going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's going to put you in sort of that you know, chew the clock and grind it out you know, mode. And the, the passing game has to be better. And Can't was, be worse. It was the worst in the Big Ten last year. Yeah, so, you know. Nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. and But it, it has to go up. I can't, even if the status quo, I mean, that's just going to be another, you know, probably sub-500 season. Now, they've got a weapon in Isaiah Williams. Um, Barry Lunny has, you know, discovered Brian Hightower. I'm not sure that he and Tony Peterson ever met. <laughs> And I get, you know, Brian Hightower had, you know, an injury early in the season, but it was like he got healthy and then he still wasn't playing. And mm-hmm. I, in terms of maybe just wide receiver talent, he's at the top of the list. Um, Casey Washington was dinged up a little bit during the spring, so, but he's an option. You know, Pat Bryant showed a, a flash here mm-hmm. or there, you know, as of a true freshman last year. So, you know, but then. That's four guys, and I mean that's all. You, I mean, probably as many as they'll throw out there a lot of the time. But is this going to be the year Illinois throws to the tight end? So that question can finally be put to bed. I mean, they had Daniel Barker last year, and they didn't really throw to him that much. Um, and now so, he's at Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say probably not. I mean, you know, Tip Ryman, Luke Ford are you know the top two tight ends, and. Talk about a. I can see both of them probably being more like blocker than pass catcher. Talk about a storyline there with your top two tight ends. You got Luke Ford, uh, the state's number one recruit coming out of Carterville, goes to Georgia, highly touted. And then there's Tip Ryman, who South Dakota walk on and earned a scholarship last they're year. They're both kind of vying for that number one tight end role. Yeah, it's big it's, takeaways from the spring game from the tight end position for you, Scott Ritchie. The fact that Tip Ryman might be the number one. Really? All right. I mean, I think he's – it's not like a guarantee that like Luke Ford is going to be at the top of the depth chart. I oh, think. Okay. But I think also they'll play both of them a it's lot weird. together. Luke, Luke Ford just ran by us here on Fox Drive saying, Boo, Scott Ritchie. <laughs> he won't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could still be the number one. I, yeah. I don't know that there's – if you just looked at it on paper, you'd be like, okay, there's a separation here. I don't think that exists. Offensive line is always, again, and I go back to kind of the wise words of Lauren Tate. He really focuses in, and he's smart, focuses in on the line play. If you've got a defensive line that can get after the quarterback and cause havoc, that obviously benefits the defense. If you've got an offensive line that can sustain that pressure, give the quarterbacks enough time to throw, open up enough holes for the running backs, then the offense can look a whole heck of a lot different. Illinois' offensive line over the years, and again, we're just kind of, I guess, narrowing it down to last early 2010s in this current stretch of trying to get a winning season for the program. At times, they look really good, and they've had a number of players drafted in the NFL, and we'll get to that later in the podcast, but they had two starters from this year's team get drafted 
and this year's draft in Vidarian Lowe and Doug Kramer. And yet they have glitch they have sequences where they just they keep, looks like they can't block like a centennial high school defensive lineman. Like it just Tell yeah. me tell me why I shouldn't be worried about the Illinois offensive line going into this year, Scott. Or why you should not be. Or should I be? Maybe a little. Okay. Now, because, I mean, you, you get last year's offensive line, like, everyone returned. Literally everyone. And they were all, like, fifth-year, sixth-year guys, essentially. And there was some, some hype around them. It's like, okay, this is, like, maybe the most solid position group on the team. And it was maybe the results didn't, you know, show that. Mm-hmm. I just, like, it's another, sound like a broken record, but I just don't have enough guys. Like, I think there's... Who's the starting offensive line right now? Let's go left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, all five positions. Left tackle is... Left tackle would be... Protect the blind side of Tommy DeVito and Art Sikowski. Yeah. I think Isaiah Adams, who's the... Juco transfer. transfer. Okay. Left guard. Jordan Slaughter, perhaps. Okay. Coming off a missed season last year after he broke his ankle in training camp. Because he was, I think, in position to maybe compete for Mm -hmm. an interior spot last year. Center. Alex Pilstrom. Okay, replacing... Doug Kramer. Wow, all right. Um, So that's a former walk-on tight tight end. end. He's he's beefed up in an offensive lineman now. Is he on scholarship now? Yeah, he got a scholarship last year. That's right, okay. Um... And then, right guard. Here's where uh, right guard or right tackle could be kind of like an either or situation because it's going to be it'll be Julian Pearl and Alex Palczewski. Okay, but like they could both play either spots. I okay. think it might be Palcho a tackle. Really? That's how it started last year. Then they flip flopped them. Okay, and now they might flip them back. So it seems the right side of the line you're going to see a lot of runs that way from Chase Brown and Josh McCray. At least in the beginning, you would think. I mean, I would run that direction. Okay. Because the left side's kind of unproven. Yeah. Well, like, they were pretty high on Isaiah Adams okay. like, this spring. And then, like, the coaching staff was high on Jordan Slaughter a year ago. And there's another massive Juco transfer yeah, in the offensive He's huge. Yeah, and Please tell me he's going to be out on the field at some point, at some package, blocking someone. I mean, I think like, he could. he's in competition probably with Slaughter for that. I feel he could. That guard spot. I feel he could bang in the post with Kofi Coburn. And yeah. hold his well, own. He, he did play basketball. Okay. Um, but it takes him a, a minute to like get up to speed. But like on like if you p- use him as a pulling guard and can like get him going, get out of the wood. <laughs> 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 yeah, you do not want to be the defense of any player <laughs> on defense that's right. gonna you know face that because he is a a people mover. Any big takeaways from the defense after the spring game? Again, I know it's a it's it's. Apples to oranges because you've got the first team defense going up against the second team offense, and but any 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 guys that really kind of stood out or guys you weren't expecting to, and, and they made some plays and, and impressed in the spring game at all. Well, I think we'll just start with maybe a area of concern to begin with. Just get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> I always start with the bad news. Well, that, that way you can just anticipate the good. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, nose tackle, like, like Rod Perry, and, like, that position's never going to generate, like, a ton of stats. Mm-hmm. But they're going to miss just his steady. The his, Rod Bod. His, his steadiness there okay. in the middle. Um, 
And I think it was notable that, you know, why they've added some defensive tackles in the offseason. It was like, Calvin Avery was, like, third. Okay. In that, like, he wasn't even on the first team. Like, I guess first team was in white. Like, so Vertis Brown, like, Bryce Barnes, former... Former News Gazette Athlete of the Year from Gibson City, Melbourne, Sibley. Yeah. Uh, also former tight end and then defensive end, then linebacker, now like maybe interior defensive lineman. He's played a lot of positions. He's versatile. Yeah. and his it's what you do have to do in Ford County. <laughs> and his weight has yo-yoed up and down. <laughs> As he you know, bulks up to play D-line and then slims down to play linebacker and now has bulked up again, I think, and to get back on the defensive he line. He can handle it. He's young. Um, but like. That's a bit of a question mark. Okay. Um, I mean, you look at the, the secondary, like Devin Witherspoon, you know what you got there. Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown, uh, Quan Martin. Mm-hmm. Like those are, those guys are the known commodities. Linebacker, like ins- the inside, yeah, because if there's more than one, it can't be a middle. Um, Calvin Hart, Tariq Barnes, that's solid. Mm-hmm. Those two. Um, then you're looking at the sort of the edge rusher, the outside linebacker slash defensive end. Do they have a position name for that? Like a, they used to have a Leo and yeah, the, I can't remember what the other one was what, called. What I've started doing is just calling them the Owens and the Isaiahs based <laughs> off of Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay. Fair enough. Slightly different body types and skill sets, but yeah. like that's they're sort of the prototype, I think, for both sides of that. Edge rusher. They need to have like some cool name. I know other programs have used. They've called it like the Viper. Yeah, I kind of like the ones in the Isaiahs. I don't know why, but question marks there just because there's not much experience. Um, Who is the Kirby Joseph on this year's defense? Going to come out of nowhere? Yeah, and become a third round pick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's going to be the tough part because it narrows the number of players that because there's several that could be that guy that aren't draft eligible yet. Um, but Kendall Smith is in the Kirby role. Okay. All right. At least as that third safety with Sidney Brown and Quan Martin. He's um, had an interesting career in Illinois. Well, Kirby had an interesting career. <laughs> Very true. Before Brad Bielman got here, he was a wide receiver. That is... And now, yeah, one one position, uh, well, it's a second position change, and you know, he's a third-round pick as a safety. Ryan Walters Maybe that was part of the pitch for Bielman and his staff to get Kendall Smith back because he entered the portal this offseason. Yeah. And, then and they, emerged unscathed from the portal back in Champaign. Yeah, they, they talked him into coming back. Because, I mean, that, that opportunity exists. Um, I'm trying to think of the young defensive backs who kind of caught my eye you know, this spring. Um, like Tyler Strain was a guy that got a little bit of playing time last year as a true okay. freshman. Um like he's, I mean, he's a cornerback. He's mm-hmm. smaller. He's not going to play safety. But uh, he made, like, one what I consider, like, a really good play mm-hmm. in the spring game. Um, like, Keontae Curry is a, you know, in that safety role. That's a, that's a Bielma guy. He added mm-hmm. him after he got the job. Oh, but I think, I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know if he's got that, that Kirby jump coming. Okay. But I like his size at the position. I don't know. It's, it's just, again, like, the top guys – I think you can get behind and be like, okay, that's a solid team. And you're talking about you know, Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, and your linebacker, uh, Barnes and Hart. But then it's like after that, it's like, okay, who's going to back any of these guys up? All right, so my quick 
takeaways from your breakdown of the defense and offense for Illinois from the spring is offensively running backs solid kind of question marks everywhere else defensively secondary solid question marks everywhere else yeah and I think linebacker like the, the interior linebackers however many they end up playing Hart and Barnes yeah I, I would play I would play both of them all the time okay. just in a in the sense of like put your best players on the field mm-hmm. and adjust your scheme accordingly but yeah there's there's some question marks and there probably should be because I mean last year's team had I don't know like 60 seniors and super seniors combined not quite that many there's f- I think 42 but still it's a lot a lot of dudes so, Illinois had a good good showing at the NFL draft though Best showing in... Best showing in six years. Yeah. Three guys picked. Kirby Joseph, third round, late Friday night to the Detroit Lions. Late. Late Friday night. It's about 10.05, I think, when I saw the pick roll in and had to do some adjusting on the fly to get that in Saturday's print edition of the paper. There might have been a few choice words thrown about the office here, but that's... Towards the Lions. Towards the Lions. We're not to Kirby Joseph. Great story for him. Wish him nothing but the best in the NFL. That's It's pretty damn impressive yeah, what, he was how? a wide receiver, <laughs> like, a, essentially a year ago, like, mm-hmm. at this time. Well, like, 13 months. And, and then now he's in the NFL. It's crazy. And then uh, on that happened late Friday night, then Saturday afternoon, uh, Vidarian Lowe went in the sixth round to the Vikings. 184th pick overall. Yeah, and then... Then uh, also too cool, and I know this is people can believe what they want, you know, signs and fate and all that. But it had to be pretty. I'm sure this crossed Kirby Joseph's mind the night of the draft. He gets picked with the 97th overall pick, really close to the late Bobby Roundtree, 97, who wore 97 to Illinois, 97 strong. That hashtag that came about after his tragic accident and. Uh, tragic death as well for the former Illinois defensive lineman. So that's something I'm sure that weighed on the mind of Joseph and his family too. Uh, so hopefully he can just keep that, that legacy going in the NFL. But Vidarian Lowe to the Vikings in the sixth round. Then 23 picks later, Doug Kramer, I was shocked when he got drafted. Uh, did, I, thought he'd land, I thought he'd land with an NFL team. Did not think he'd be among the 262 picks in the NFL draft, but... Again, just an incredible story for incredible story for all three draft picks. You think Kirby Joseph kind of rise from anonymity to where he's at now. Fedarian Lowe, <clears throat> father of two children, married, delivered you know keynote address at the Big Ten luncheon. His story's been well documented. Took in his younger took brother. in his younger brother has adopted him. You know, probably mature beyond his years. Um, just just speaks to everything that he's had going on in his life. And then Doug Kramer. Uh, got to be cool for him growing up in Hinsdale right outside Chicago Bears fan his whole life to be to get the call from the Bears that hey you're we're gonna spend a draft pick on you in the sixth round um, also too his story coming to Illinois it's almost as an afterthought it was gonna be a gray shirt gray shirt in the Bill Cuba exactly and, and Lovey Smith's like uh, hey what a scholarship and of course you always say yes and then he became like indispensable mm-hmm. offensive line. Like, I mean, he redshirted that first year, but then was the starter, save for you know some injury issues, mm-hmm. his entire career. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty cool, and I'm sure that's something Bielman and his staff can go out on the trail 
on the recruiting front and then sell what uh you know this latest draft hall did for illinois it's the most since 2016 draft when uh jihad ward ted karras and clayton fedulum all got drafted in the, the 2016 draft and then i believe they had i want to say eight or nine guys sign as undrafted free agents uh brandon peters and james mccourt to the chargers kalen tolson to the panthers tony adams to the jets um who else am i missing owen carney to the dolphins blake hayes to the raiders i want to say i think that's right and then to the shock and surprise of no one jake hansen <laughs> to the reunite with lovey smith with the texans like if there was a way to place a wager on that i i should have <laughs> because it was the biggest lock uh, maybe ever um yeah i mean it's good for all those guys that we get a shot at you know training camp and you know, maybe you know a chance at a roster because you just once your foot's in the door, I mean, it's on you to shove your way all the, all the way through. Um, yeah, if I'm Ryan Walters, like I'm telling every defensive back I recruit the Kirby Joseph story. It's like this guy was a wide receiver. I turned him into a safety, and then like not even a year later, he is an NFL draft pick. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Inside Atlanta Football. We will be back sooner than six weeks, I promise. Although Scott somebody got some vacation mixed in, so no guarantees on that. But thanks. I, I mean, I'm also not the only one. I know. I understand. You have some vacation Yeah, mixed in. I, I do. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back sooner rather than later for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football.